<clears throat> By the way, I still hate you. everybody back to the varsity your tuesday edition of the 1201 sports podcast network i'm your host kyle the stat guy former intern pressed and with me as always is my good buddy also mortal enemy also sometimes good buddy co-host friend whatever you want to call him tyler t kane cloud my man how are you doing today i tell you what we just had spring games that's just one step closer to football, one step closer to, you know, we had a spring, we had spring games. So we're back to somewhat normal. We're, no, we're a step closer to normal. We're a step closer to football. I'm doing great. That's good to hear. I felt about the same way. Um, I just came back from the gym, so I'm quite sore. But, you know, I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm working on my weight, getting, trying to get to healthy, and I'm kind of in the same boat, getting a little back to normal. Looking very much close to college football in this fall. And in all honesty, based on some of the spring games that I was watching, kind of liking what I'm seeing. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get into that. So um, just like we had said, um, over basically this past Saturday, we had a whole lot of spring games. Obviously, I paid attention to the SEC games because why would I pay attention to anything else? Um, in all honesty, the two that kind of stood out to me the most was pretty obviously Bama and LSU. Um, Bama is looking basically pretty much average like and what i mean by average is like average for bama which is to say looking pretty much good as always um i would say maybe defense wise kind of was a little shaky in some uh, on some of those plays what, what do you think well my my personal thing is i don't watch spring football games because you can't learn anything from them except who, who's going to be a dude that you got to watch out for? That's the only thing that spring games are, are worth anything for. So I don't really watch spring games. I love I love what they signify that you know it's we're getting closer. I love that part of it. But as far as like actually watching them, I don't watch it because I mean it. It's very vanilla. You're not going to learn anything other than like mm-hmm. I said, who's going to be a dude. Plus we were racing this weekend, so I was busy with other stuff. But I, I can tell you this. Bama's going to have five stars, four and five stars everywhere. They're going to have a three-star that probably should have been a four or five-star somewhere. They're going to have dudes everywhere. Everybody in the SEC, with the exception of, like, maybe Vandy, is going to have dudes everywhere. That's going to be, mm-hmm. for the most part, a lot of your your P5 schools are going to have guys that are that can play anywhere at a lot of those positions. And a lot of them may have one or two may – have, may have them stacked one or two deep. But like I said – with spring games, everything is so vanilla that you can't really, you know, you, you can't take anything for what it's worth. You know, you, you have to look at mm-hmm. it with, you have to take everything for, with a grain of salt. I mean, it's, defenses may look great, 
but that's because they know what play is coming. And an offense may look great because they know what the defense is in and that they, they can't get out of that, you know. So for mm-hmm. those reasons, I don't pay attention to spring spring football, spring games. It, it, they, they don't really hold a lot, in my opinion. So with that being said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, and that's, and that's totally, yeah. I mean, obviously we kind of expected that Bama's going to be good. Um, I, I just want to point out something real quick when I was watching the uh, Bama spring game, just to kind of see if there's anything I could kind of glean from it. I just wanted to acknowledge and drop the fact that Nick Saban's pink suit that he was wearing was absolutely gorgeous. I just had to, Put that little detail out there. Mr. Nick Saban, if you're listening, first, I hate you. Two, let me know where your tailor is because I got to get myself a pink suit like that. Moving on just a oh, little bit, on, though. To, here, here's here's okay. something to add to, to on to that, though. Do you really hate Nick Saban or do you hate where he's at? Um, in all honesty, we're going to get into that before too, too long. But in all honesty, Nick Saban, I have always respected him as a coach. I've always – thought that he was an absolute freaking genius when it comes to football. And honestly, he's kind of getting to the point where he's not even necessarily the best coach in college football. He's just the best coach in football. There's really not a whole lot more to kind of say to that. One could almost say he's just the best coach. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah. like you could take it a step further than that. I would not go above – the rank of the sport that he's in, I would say that, you know, I mean, there is obviously a disconnect when it comes to college football versus NFL. And again, we'll kind of get into this a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, but um, you know, there is a disconnect when it comes well, to let's college get it, football versus Let's get into it right NFL. now. Let's get into it right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So I think when it comes to Nick Saban, I, I, I think there is a disconnect when it comes to college football versus NFL. There, it's just two completely different styles of play. It's two completely different styles of game. And we saw Nick Saban falter in the NFL. So I can't – I don't. I almost don't want to put him above that rank, but you can't deny the absolute consistent level of success he's had. Absolutely. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. So, you know, I would almost venture to say that, but I wouldn't go – I would not go above the actual sport of football because it, it's just a, there's so many other things that kind of go into coaching different sports. Like there's just you can't really compare the two. Well, and yeah, and, and I, I totally get where you're coming from. As LSU fans, you know, you and I, we, we've we've both we have fought that good fight with LSU. We have been on the verge of heart heartaches, um, cardiac arrest. I've often called LSU the cardiac cats. Absolutely. Um, love LSU, hate Bama. But as much as I hate Bama, I don't think that I can sit here and say that I that I hate Nick Saban or that I dislike Nick Saban because what he did for LSU, he he helped put LSU back on the map. Nobody mm-hmm. can deny that he brought he brought a title to LSU for the first time in forty years, I think, is what it was. The man is as an X's, X's and O's genius. He gets the most out of his players. He holds he he holds them to a level of accountability in college that you just you don't see. And like and I, mm-hmm. I've seen videos of of his players, you know, that that made to the NFL talking about it, you know, and it's like you know, he he really doesn't care what star you are, how good you are, for the most part, because you know once you get to that level, Bama they've got 
the, the drop off of talent from one to whatever isn't isn't that big. You know, they, they just got them stacked yeah. and stockpiled that deep that honestly he can afford to block you. All right, you know what? You're not being accountable. I don't need you. I'll go get my number two guy and bring him up. He's just as good. You know, and a lot of that, you know, comes with being able to have good players to, to, able, to be able to coach like that. But to still have the the wherewithal to do that, I would say to hold them accountable. The, I mean, the, the man's a genius. And look at his coaching tree. The guys that have left him, and and gone on to take jobs. Granted, they haven't been successful. Kirby's the only one that's had any real semblance of success. He's made it to to a national title game. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. the only one that I can think that you can say has been successful. But I think I think Nick Saban. He's up there. I'm like you, the the college and the pro that there's it's kind of hard to you know to make that transition. Yeah. But if we're looking strictly at college, he is up there with Roy Williams, Bear, uh, Bryant. Bear Bryant, Wooden, Coach K, Pat Summit. I mean, he he is up there. He is in in that air, and he's probably as much as I love Coach K. As much as I love Duke, he is probably leading that group. You know, you could probably say that he yeah. might he might be the greatest collegiate coach of all time. I don't I don't think I would, that's really the thing a, is, a yeah. Hot, and the thing is, hot, is, like, I um, would hot take a hot topic. Yeah, hot take. And the thing is, like, I like no, I would easily say that he is. Like, there's there's a very there's like for me it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. The reason why I don't like Nick Saban is just he's just an asshole. I mean, it's. He's just – he is an absolute horrific just D-bag. Like, I just can't stand him as, like, as a person. And but like, have but have like, you and seen him kind of... on TV, though? Like, on TV, when he's on the ESPN specials or whatever, and he – like, at the SEC Media Day, whenever they get him up there, he is absolutely amazing. You get him talking about Miss Terry, the grandkids, the mm-hmm. lake. I mean, Nick Saban, the individual, and Nick Saban, the coach – are two different people. Nick Saban, the coach, is an asshole. He expects perfection, and, and you know what? Rightly so. But Nick mm-hmm. Saban, the person, you know, the stories that you hear, the man is an absolute awesome individual. He's a, a blast to be around. Well, I've never, I've never really kind of seen like seen him like like that. Like the thing. So the reason why I dislike him so much is not the fact that he left LSU. It's not the fact that when he came back from the NFL, he went to the he went to Alabama our rivals. So that's not why I dislike him. The reason why is just is even when he was at LSU, he didn't respond to I guess like the LSU fandom as like as most people should or most people would. When you look at and like when you look at how LSU treats their all of their sports coaches, we treat them basically with our royalty. You look at how we treat Will Wade, we freaking love him, and he responds to that. The American look gangster. Look at how we respond to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you look at how we respond to. Um, is it Paul Maneri? I'm probably mispronouncing. Paul Maneri. He was the baseball. I love, I love Paul Maneri, but yeah. it's his time to go. Love Paul Maneri. Yeah, yeah. Um, you look at how we responded to like at Les Miles. Dee Dee Bro. I'm not saying Dee Dee Bro, the gymnastics yeah. coach. She was freaking royalty at LSU. Yeah, and you look at at you basically look at Coach O. Like we, I think Coach O probably responded that response to the LSU fandom. Probably better than just about anybody. I mean, literally, he, he openly embraces. He understands the role that he's in. When you look at what we did for, like, at how we treated um, Nick Saban and how he responded, he just 
he never clicked. I just feel like he always kind of almost like brushed us off. And maybe it's because he's just focused on his job that much. But to me, like, I just never, I never liked the way that he kind of basically felt about LSU. And I kind of get it because um, if I'm not mistaken, he's, he was coming from Michigan when he came down to LSU. I'm from Michigan State. The, Michigan State, that's what it was. And I don't, and just, he, maybe he just wasn't prepared for it. Maybe it was like this big, like, culture shock. But I mean, I feel like if you're going to be going to, like, a such an established, like, cathedral of football and college football, especially, like, you should kind of be prepared for that. I mean, it's, I mean, LSU is openly known and as a school that cares deeply about its sports and especially about its football team. And I just don't think you ever really, kind of embraced it and for me I just it was kind of rubbed me the wrong way but I I'll never deny or doubt how good he is as a coach and then I'll, and I'll also say this for all the people out there that can't all the LSU fans out there that openly just hate Nick Saban and hate might be a strong word but like openly I think a lot of them do Nick hate Saban. A lot a lot of just, it's just jealousy. It's just jealousy because he left and went there but that, I, that's all it is but I will there's jealousy. but I will say this I'm, like, I'm gonna put this out there like for I would say probably I'm going to say conservatively, probably let's just say 50% or to 75% of all the LSU fans out there that openly hate Nick Saban. The day he ever signs back to LSU, if that day ever comes, guarantee you pretty much every single L- like Saban hate- hater out there that's an LSU fan will flip their switch and flip their script like it was basically nothing. Like the past 10 to 15, whatever, how many years it's passed since he was at LSU, like to them is going to be absolutely gone and forgotten if he ever came back to LSU. Which but, I mean, I, I can I can go ahead and tell you he'll never be back in purple. It's no, no, no. He's he's retiring at Bama, but I'm just yeah, saying he's as a hypothetical. He he ain't he's not he's not switching. But another reason why I just dislike him is just like yes, he demands and kind of expects perfection from his football players. But on top of that, like he always rubbed me the way that he never truly cares about his players. Like he ne- like like there's no emotional attachment in terms of like how he like feels about his players. Um, whenever Tua got hurt, literally. The the minutes after it happened, when he was going to the uh, he was going to the locker room for the interview. He openly said, "I don't worry about my players getting injured." And and he may contextually have meant something different, but to me that comes off as so unfeeling and so just basically backhand disrespectful. Like your star quarterback just like basically almost had a career-ending injury. And you just brush it off like it was nothing. I just, I can't respect a person who thinks like I can't respect a coach who will say that about their own players minutes after they got injured. Well, I think that was something that was just lost in context. You know, I think the way I understood him was that you know that that's something that's out of his control. That that he has faith in his training staff and his his weight and conditioning crew. That he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't worry about it because they do such a good job. And plus, that's something that's out of his control. That's something that he you can't game plan. Um, and I, and yeah, that, that's that's said, where I think he's coming from. It's not that yeah, not that he's just like, empathetic towards it. I think that was where he was coming from. And like that may be, but again, I mean, like it's just one of those like context obviously matters. And like the thing that like and what you say obviously has weight. And like if he had said, you know, I don't ever plan for that. Like I never. You know, if he said, like, I don't plan for that, I don't ever think about that happening just because it's, like, out of my control. If he had said something on those lines, like, it would have been nothing. Like, it would have been, you know. But to phrase it like that is just, to me, just came off as probably, like, the most disrespectful, like, worst way you could ever say it. But um, to, moving on a little bit from uh, from Nick Saban, because like, I could talk about him, obviously, all day. 
Um, I don't think we ever on this podcast ever kind of went into like the story of how we come to really like college football. But obviously, you know, there's a level of, you know, you just kind of grow up into it. Um, but I think we I don't think we ever like kind of really fully discussed like why we're fans of the teams that we're fans of, I, at least as far as I'm aware on this podcast. So if you want, um, you can go ahead and kind of tell your story and I'll sit here and listen before obviously interrupting you about every five minutes. Well, I'm going to go on a limb and say both of our stories are going to be very, very, very similar. Um, yeah. I was I was raised in a family that was bleeding purple and gold. Uh, my great grandfather had games on every weekend. My grandfather had games on every weekend. We had it on every weekend. I mean, I, I was just I was raised in, in, in an LSU household, and that's you know that, that's just how it went, you know. The only thing that I'm that my dad and I we don't look eye to eye on in sports is probably baseball. We uh we we have different baseball teams, but he and I have the same basketball team in Duke, have the same football team in LSU, have the same college baseball team in LSU. We both went to to tech, so that's you know another um you know that's my alma mater. So, that, so I love I love L, I love LSU. I love tech. I will always love tech. My diploma is red and blue, but I bleed purple and gold. So I will be an LSU Tiger until the day I die for the most part. I mean, yeah, LSU has done some things I don't necessarily agree with. Some of those things are being processed right now. I'm not so not so naive to overlook that and say, oh, no, that, that's impossible. LSU is well, – the state of Louisiana in general is very corrupt. Therefore, the state college is going to be very corrupt also. So I just can't, can't take that with a grain of salt. You know, that's what's going to be around that program. But I still love my LSU Tigers. I still believe purple and gold. I will, you know, be screaming who that or not who that. I'll be screaming hold that tiger until the day I die. I th- don't you mean you're going to be screaming? <laughs> that, will, that will be edited out. Keep this PG-13-ish. We'll just uh, we'll just we'll just put a little in a nice little just like tiger war over that. Um, but anyways, yeah, my story is pretty much similar. Um, my great grandfather on my dad's dad's side came over um, from Palermo, Sicily. My grandfather was born and did not go to LSU, but became, I honestly think, probably one of the biggest LSU fans of all time. Um, we're talking about a man who literally would come like came home from heart surgery one day and had to take medicine so he can get through LSU games because he wouldn't stop screaming at post-surgery. Um, and then that obviously kind of carries over to my dad. My dad went to um, LSU for a semester before um, going to work at a construction site and never basically never returning. And that obviously, you know, kind of comes down to me. My sister was the first um, generation of our family to graduate from college. My, yeah. Think so, yeah. First generation, and then so she graduated from LSU. My brother went to Southeastern, but you know, and then I obviously graduated from LSU. And so, but obviously, it's kind of the same thing. Growing up, going to LSU games, and you know, just basically just looking at like, the parade grounds being covered and just like tailgates and you know, fraternity people and all that kind of stuff with that and future alumni, and just kind of growing up and just screaming, just calling Baton Rouge. Just you know, in the, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, every single game and every single season and whatnot, and um, just basically kind of grew up like, man, like this, 
this and like this is where I would like want to go. Like I was, I was instilled that you should lose your game. Like, like I was instilled with a value in the idea that you should lose your voice at every single game. Like you should scream at other people that are not LSU fans. Not, like not in a mean way, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, in like in the yeah. moment, um, like I was instilled with that. Like I was instilled with like the idea that like you should get chills whenever the, the marching band comes down the hill walks into the uh or marches into the stadium and plays those first four notes like i mean i still get chills about that and so um it, like you know we just we my entire family is fervent fervent deeply deeply lsu fans like to put this into context my brother um had to have um heart surgery uh 20 19 it was the second time you had to have it um it's an aortic valve problem i'm not gonna get too into it but they told him the day it was it was the friday before the lsu uh florida game and you might see where this is going but he asked well can we can we reschedule for that monday and they're like why and he just said lsu florida is playing and they're like i guess so literally rescheduled his heart surgery around the lsu florida game like that's how deeply like deeply deeply rooted my family like love of lsu is and um for me you know that kind of basically goes all the way for the rest of the uh almost the rest of my sports teams um the only one that does like my brother my dad and i don't agree on is he is a diehard uh, cowboys fan because whenever he was growing up, basically the Saints didn't exist. So he is a, um, a pretty much a diehard uh, Cowboys fan. Um, and then his mother's side of the family is from Los Angeles. So he grew up going to the Dodgers games, which is why I'm a Dodgers fan. But um, but L- I mean, LSU, Saints, Pelicans, all that, I mean, deeply, deeply, deeply fans of. Yeah, I mean, and I can understand that, you know, the Dodgers, your dad, or your your, uh, your family rooting for them, but you're still wrong. But I can still get it. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I could be a Braves fan, but you know. <laughs> anyway, you mean better. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, for Press and the rest of the guys at Twelve O One Sports Group, remember: even when we're wrong, we're always right. Peace. <laughs>